Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. sheet shows we have retained earnings of nine million nine nine point four million dollars and a net income this year is six point four million dollars the trust has sixteen point one million dollars of cash in the bank and prepaid expenses of fifty seven thousand $877. This is Superintendent Tim Smith, not in his role as superintendent, but in his role as member and actually the accountant now for the, uh, or treasurer, excuse me, for the Escambia Children's Trust, which had a meeting yesterday in which they considered about $5 million worth of funding requests out of, I think it was like $16 million altogether that they got asked for or um, oh no, 16 million, or sorry, 19 million that was not granted, 6 million in the first year that was not recommended to be granted out of uh, 13 over three years that they did. And then they asked this first year of, because basically what they're doing is they're approving this year's spending. And then it's part of a three year, one year each renewable. So they're going to give money to these organizations and they're going to come back next year and they're going to see whether they continue giving money to those with the idea, the expectation of a three-year program. Because you can create things a little bit differently if you know you're going to have incoming funds for three years as opposed to coming for just you know one year and have to go back and ask for it again. So All in favor of approving the recommendation? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Nope. So we have approved our first grant. Our first large grant, I guess I should say. Yeah, because they've done some smaller stuff already, but, you know, about $5 million that they approved yesterday. And, uh, you know, these are all different kinds of uh, funding requests. I mean, you have things like the Boys and Girls Clubs of Emerald Coast, 874000 YMCA, 581000 although their initial ask was uh, 900000 about double that. So, and one of the notes on the uh, evaluation form for the YMCA ask was, it was a really high per student, per participant cost of around $15,000 over the course of the three years and other funds going to other agencies and expensive purchases and things like this. So they had actually recommended a no on that, but then I think it got tailored and scaled back to about half, and that's the one they approved. Uh, coming up at uh, 635 this morning, we're actually going to talk to Tammy Greer. She's the executive director for the um, uh, Scambia Children's Trust. We're going to talk to her about some of these questions about, you know, what is this funding going to accomplish? And, you know, what is the per student cost? And, you know, to what degree are we really getting results? And how will we know we're getting results? Because the concern I've had all along, and I know this is a concern that people who may not have voted for the tax increase in the first place and might still have concerns about this is, look, if you have existing organizations that come to you and say what we need is more money, then how do you know that what you're getting in giving them money is not just replacing other funding streams? How do you know that you're getting extra? And the statute, I guess, it actually requires you to get extra. 
Okay, so how do you know you're you're not you're really getting extra and that you're getting the most frugal use of the money and that you're really making a difference in these kids' lives? And these are all things that we're gonna you know we're gonna talk to her about when she comes on in about twenty minutes. Um, city of parks, the uh, uh, city of Pensacola Parks and Recreation, five hundred forty thousand, um, and then it goes down from there into the couple hundred thousand. There's about fifteen or so organizations that wound up getting funded yesterday. We did learn other things. One thing is that um, the getting of new members are it's like a two-year backlog like getting from the state you know we send them a list of these are the people that are leaving and so we need to replace them with these people and they're like get back to us in a couple of years i mean seriously there's a two-year backlog on getting people approved out of desantis's office for new members of boards because i guess they have a lot of different boards around the state that they're working on one of the things that tammy greer said that they're it's kind of their next step is a thing called Help Me Grow. And I'll tell you about that here in just a second. Uh, Candy's got traffic on the fives. And uh, right now we're not showing any slowdowns or delays. It looks like everything is running smoothly. Not showing any problems on 90 or 98 for that matter. This is brought to you by Executive Landscaping. Uh, big enough to get the job done, small enough to care. 2503756 for a no hassle estimate. Certainly if you have a traffic tip, you can text them in. 437-1620 News Radio 923 Informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. So Help yeah. Me Grow is a program that is is kind of like their next thing that they're working on. So help me grow for those who aren't familiar with it. This is the comprehensive coordinated system of supports to connect children and families to child development and health services, virtual resources for children, birth to eight and family education and engagement. This is the comprehensive system of care that was on our current strategic plan. So it is the next solicitation that we have on our our to do list. Um, Help Me Grow is a national model, so that's why you have the registered trademark up there, and it is very successful. And she says it's a high return on the money spent. For every dollar that's invested in the Help Me Grow model, there's a return on the investment of approximately $7.62, which doesn't sound very approximate, but that is is what the studies have shown. So this is their next phase, and then there's going to be a mental health component that they're going to work on as well, and again, keeping in mind not to duplicate existing services. In case you're kind of new to this or haven't been following it along, and I will confess, I didn't really follow a lot of this closely. This is I had watched one of their meetings before and I thought, no, nah, uh, <laughs> I don't have time to watch this. But I watched it yesterday because it's interesting. Um, the basic premise of the Escambia Children's Trust is we have a lot of kids getting into school, not ready for it. And then a lot of kids who are in school not getting what they need and not being progressing at grade level. And school is not able to solve the problem on their own, whether it's, you know, poor parenting, inadequate parenting, uh, support structures, you know, whatever the issue and not getting read enough books when they're kids, all of that kind of stuff. All of that is a problem that isn't fixed by being worried about it after the fact. All of that can only be fixed if you get in there and help teach these kids at a young age, pre-K and then even ongoing through uh, school. And so it's kind of parental surrogacy, parental support, parental, you know, instead of just being daycare, for example, after school, you want to have programs that really educate them. Okay. Instead of just having them play basketball, which is fine, you want to have them, you know, being active, but you also want to have them learning. At least that's the theory. So the first stage they did was let's fund these local organizations who are kind of in this ballpark or working on stuff like this, but let's fund them to do things that will specifically accomplish that goal. That's number one. Then number two, let's go and look at this national program that's already working in other places to try to do this. And that would be outside of or maybe, you know, sideways from these local organizations. And so that's kind of what the progression is is all about. But there's a problem. 
And the basic problem that all of this faces is not specifically lack of money, and it's not specifically a lack of having identified the kids. The problem is we don't have the people to run the programs who are more than just, say, you know, kind of caretakers, babysitters. The other thing that I've been working on is the early childhood education. Uh, scholarships and recruitment are, are big issues right now. It's no secret that there is a, a, a huge problem trying to find enough educators to fill the classrooms. And that's true at every grade level. That is uniquely true when you're talking about these kind of programs. We know that there are waiting lists for children to be able to get into early childhood education, child development centers, childcare, if you will. The problem is not that there isn't enough money to fund the vouchers to pay for the children to go. They're on those wait lists because there aren't enough teachers in those early childhood education classrooms to meet the ratios to be able to accept more children. So the basic problem we're facing is that we don't have enough people. It's a labor shortage, right? And so the question I'm going to ask Tammy when she comes on is, so how do you solve that? You know, I mean, I know she talked about this yesterday, but really, if you're, you know, putting out five million dollars to fund early childhood development and education programs. And you're working with existing organizations who are going to try to expand to accommodate new students, because that's the nature of the program. And that's what you have to do under the statute. Well, OK, we got the kids, we got the funding, we got a plan, but. The bodies, <laughs> you know, the adults who are going to run these programs effectively. Where do they come from? You can't snap your fingers and make suddenly there's another, you know, I, I'm, I'm spiffballing a number, but let's say it's an even low goal. Like, you know, what you need is an extra 100 to 200 adults. And it might be higher than that. You know, if you're talking about working with a couple of thousand children, you know, that's going to take several hundred adults and we know the school systems in both counties are already struggling just to meet, and they have not succeeded. We have a recruiting shortage, and you can't just hire babysitters. You got to hire people that really understand early childhood education with difficult need students. So I don't know the answer to that question. I'm, you know, assuming that she will have some perspective to help me, you know, get over that question's hurdle. Six twenty on News Radio ninety two three. I'm Andrew McKay. Hey Pensacola, it's Judy Lacey with Barberry Plumbing and we are celebrating. We're celebrating our 50th anniversary and winning the 2022 Best of the Bay Award. My dad, Louis Barberry, started this company with a vision of providing the best service with honesty and integrity for the community. He also started the flat rate pricing system where you know exactly what the job will cost before the work is done so there are no surprises. Now, 50 years later, his vision continues. At Barberry Plumbing, we appreciate you putting your trust in us and voting us as 2022 Best of the Bay winner. We know you don't always need a plumber, but when you do, we appreciate your vote of confidence by choosing Barberry Plumbing. Call Barberry Plumbing 850-477-8782. That's 850-477-8782. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. License number RF 1106-7749. 
You know, I always talk to you about uh, Pensacola Hardware being a great place to get good advice, good supplies, especially if you're professional. You know, they're fantastic. And that's true. And then around Christmas, I remind you that they don't just sell hardware, but they also sell housewares. And they have a fantastic selection of wonderful, you know, pots and pans and cutlery and, you know, uh, grills and uh, gumbo pots and like SEC merchandise and Yeti stuff. And the reason I mention that now not being Christmas is, you know, people still need to buy gifts. (laughs) And sometimes you buy gifts for yourself. But the point is. If you go, if you need to buy a good gift for somebody or yourself, it's okay to treat yourself. Uh, you can go in there and look in the front of the store, and there's all of that cool stuff. And so my point is, when you think about Pensacola Hardware, really genuinely think of it as the place where you just go to go shopping. You know, not because you're working on fixing the drywall or building a deck, but because you want to go shopping. Pensacola Hardware, right downtown at 20 East Gregory Street. Hi, I'm Terrence A. Gross. As many of you know, I am a local board-certified personal injury lawyer, and I have practiced in this community for almost 40 years. Our law firm handles only people that have been injured due to the negligence of another. Join me this Wednesday at 1030 on Pep Talk as we discuss all aspects of personal injury law. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. The following message is sponsored by the Florida Department of Elder Affairs, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Sarah is 64 and loves to garden. Recently, her health insurance ran out, leaving her worried about more than just weeds. She called the Elder Helpline and spoke with a volunteer shine counselor about her options. There, she received free, unbiased counseling on health insurance for those on Medicare. For more information or to volunteer, call 1-800-963-5337 or go to floridashine.org. Join Stephen Schmidt, Marine Service Technology Instructor at Georgetown Technical College for Boat Smart on the Pensacola Expert Panel this Friday at 10 a.m. Key Marine sponsoring the show. When Key Marine needs to hire Marine Service technicians, they hire students from Georgetown Technical College. Have a boating question for Stephen? Then give us a call at 437-1620. It's a dream team, so join them this Friday at 10 a.m. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 a.m. 1620. Fox News personality Brian Kilmeade, 11 to 1. After Pap Talk with Jenna Barr on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. The only good thing about being wounded in the buttocks is the ice cream. That gave me all the ice cream I could eat. Good morning. 624 here on News Radio 923. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Uh, let's get David Wayne in here from the newsroom. David? Oh, hey, hold on just a second. Let's push the button. There we go. All right. Hey, David, sorry about that. Yeah, hello. Uh, well, the White House now is speculating that those three unidentified flying objects shot down over North America last week may be connected to benign commercial or research efforts. That from uh, Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre. She said uh, that's what U.S. intelligence agencies are considering at the, t- at the moment, but uh, she says... None of that will be clear until the debris is actually recovered. Oh, by the way, I got a note in from a friend who's a, you know, Navy guy, and, and he sent me a forward from somebody who is a uh, uh, a Marine aviator. And he's like, um, 
So let's talk about heat signatures and balloons, right. <laughs> sidewinders, and let's talk about cost-benefit ratios in terms of a four hundred thousand dollar missile as opposed to a uh, you know fifty or a hundred dollar round out of the <laughs> out of the cannon. <laughs> like yeah, well, you know I, re- I said the same thing, and you could make a slow descent pretty easily with a couple of shots out of the cannon. I, I read that there's been previous times though where shooting down balloons like that, the balloons don't actually descend as well when you shoot them. Really? Yeah, I can't remember where I read it, but I was I was reading something about I that. I do not here. consider myself to be a balloon expert, but I I, I believe that to be false. <laughs> I, I don't I don't really know. That's just one of the things I read. But there's then, been so much be speculation. Small holes, you know, maybe right. the holes are not small enough to allow enough gas to escape. To, I, you know, I don't, that's fair enough. All right, <laughs> go uh, ahead, David. Prosecutors expected to rest their case in the Alex Murdoch double murder trial in South Carolina today. The now disbarred lawyer accused of killing his wife and his 22 year old son in June of 2021 at the family's hunting lodge. Attorneys for uh, Murdoch have reportedly not decided if he'll take the stand. And Forbes has announced the list of. Of highest paid entertainers for 2022 at the top of the list is Brent Lane from Cat Country. Nice. What? Oh, told you, I told you, well I done. told you. Oh, wait, no, I, I read that wrong. I'm sorry. It's rock band Genesis. Easy. They're confused all the yeah. time. I don't know. All the time it happens. Yeah, that, that's right. I don't know how that happened. Uh, Sting was in second place and uh, the police <laughs> after they sold their music catalog. No, I was actually at a store one time with Brent Lane when somebody walked up to him and said, Mr. Collins, I love your music. That's true. Yeah, no, I it's know. A very common mistake. <laughs> Candy's got traffic on the fives. Yeah, I gotta follow that up. That's hilarious. Thank you, dude. As we take a look around, uh, we're watching an accident. Be careful on the Three Mile Bridge. They are writing tickets, as we heard uh, earlier this morning. Ninety-five uh, A in Williams Ditch Road in Cantoma it's showing an accident, but looks like it is cleared. Uh, no roadblock this morning. If you have traffic tips, text four three seven sixteen twenty. It's News Radio ninety two three informative, local, dependable. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what I was also thinking when he was telling that story about the uh, the highest paid entertainers, uh, not Rihanna. You you know that she didn't get paid for this for doing the Super Bowl. They don't pay they don't pay the acts. You're lying. Really? No, they don't. Pay, they pay them like um, union minimums, which is like a thousand bucks or something. See, I would never have guessed. guessed no, they, that. they don't pay the and it, which makes sense because they make such an enormous amount off the PR and the subsequent sales of. Yeah, no, seriously, the acts don't get paid. They don't. They get no this is like the biggest, surplus compensation. That's right. gonna be the hardest show they do too. That, that's I mean, right. They do, unless yeah, they're exactly. all like, I don't know. anything. So, so, so here you go, exploiting the pregnant woman again. Yeah, I mean, thanks you a know, lot, Roger Goodell. Yeah, right. <laughs> God, these people are horrible. Six twenty-eight on News Radio ninety-two-three. Make her get up there and work all pregnant and like, and don't even pay her appropriately. I'm it's saying, terrible. Man. Six to, and by, actually, uh, one thing I read about this said that some acts in the past, because I can think they have like a million dollar budget is what they put out for the halftime show, which seems a bit light to me. Just saying, uh, yeah, right, based right, right. on the uh, the rent you pay for 30 seconds, you know, but whatever. <laughs> um, some of the acts will actually put their own money in to pay for sets, costumes and stuff because they want it to be better than what the NFL is willing to fund. Again, That's interesting. out of the money that apparently they make on the PR or because they have money or, you know, whatever. Sure, so, sure. Uh, 629 here on News Radio 92.3. What else do we have going on? Um, oh, there's an interesting thing on... Um, oh, do I want to mention this? Ah, oh, sure, fine. I'll go ahead. Uh, they've got a, a, a... There's another... They're calling it the Holy Grail. I don't know what the, the, the comparison between the cup that held the blood of Christ, allegedly, uh, you know, and you've seen the Indiana Jones, and uh, preventing men from being able to cause a pregnancy because it's a male contraceptive pill is what they're looking at. This is the thing that research has been looking for for years is can they find a, an oral contraceptive that men would take? Mm-hmm. Well, there's one in kind of like, you know, worked in mice, 
you know, and we'll see what that means later on down the road. It makes it like you take the pill. Well, the, the mice takes the pill and for three hours, swimmers don't swim. They so just, it works for three hours. They, yeah, they, they just they sit there and don't flagellate. They don't they don't whip the tail and say they don't move. So they can't. Swim, right. So they can't get to the target. Right. Mm-hmm. OK. 100 um, percent effective at preventing pregnancy in the mice who had the non-swimmers. And uh, and then, by the way, within about 24 hours, they kind of go back to being normal again. It's like you stun them all for three hours. Cool. <laughs> and, you know, works for the mice. So maybe at some point down the road, it would work for the people, too. Mm-hmm. And again, you take it and it's, it's effective within like 30 minutes. So you could literally be preparing to go on a date if you, you know, whatever. And that would be how You're that looking would looking ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Wild technology. Who knows if it'll really pan out for humans. We'll see. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. The man who shot eight students in Michigan State University Monday had a felony gun charge plea bargain down in 2019. A conviction would have made it illegal for him to own a gun. The three students killed or identified. 20-year-old Brian Frazier was president of his fraternity and a lacrosse player, Arielle Anderson, a 19-year-old sophomore, is remembered as a kind-hearted, soft-spoken, straight-A student. Her uncle says she was just perfect. And Alexandria Verner was a quiet go-getter who played basketball and wanted to be a forensic scientist. Fox's Marianne Rafferty, that gunman killed himself. President Biden calls California Senate Democrat Dianne Feinstein one of the best. She's announced she will not run for re-election next year. She's 89 years old. Top Senate Democrat Chuck Schumer says she told colleagues at lunch. She got a standing ovation that lasted minutes and minutes and minutes. One of the longest I've ever seen. America's listening to Fox News. And good morning, 631 News Radio 92.3. I'm David Wayne, partly cloudy, 67 degrees this morning here in Pensacola. Well, if you're going to be headed over Three Mile Bridge anytime soon, watch that speedometer. Pensacola police made 21 different traffic stops yesterday. Uh, the stepped up traffic enforcement on the bridge began only hours after that new span of bridge from Gulf Breeze to Pensacola opened. The uh, speed limit on the bridge, 45 miles an hour. Both PPD and Gulf Breeze police are patrolling the bridge. Uh, Both spans of that bridge currently have two lanes of traffic. The goal when construction is 100% done is three lanes per side with the outside and inside shoulders and those multi-use paths. Quite the story told yesterday on Valentine's Day. Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office says a Pace woman and her lover conspired to kill the woman's husband. Sheriff Bob Johnson says 50-year-old Stephanie Perdue was arrested last April for shooting her husband. The husband survived. Purdue was released on a $100,000 bond and eventually met a new love interest. She starts talking to somebody in the jail about getting her husband killed. So this person reaches out to us. And at the same time, a narcotics CI comes to one of our detectives and says, hey, this woman's wanting to kill her husband. And uh, Johnson says that Purdue promised $10,000 to an undercover investigator to kill her husband. Purdue and her lover, 51-year-old David Bullier, facing 30 years in prison if they're convicted. A man hospitalized after a stabbing outside of a convenience store yesterday. This Gambia County Sheriff's Office says that happened just before 3.30 at the Circle K over on Fairfield and North Pace. Investigators say the stabbing happened after an argument between the two men. 
So far, no information has been released about the victim's condition and no arrests have been made. City of Pensacola is in line to receive some financial aid in the effort to get a new terminal built at the airport. Mayor D.C. Reeves announced yesterday that FDOT has earmarked $2 million for the design of the terminal in their fiscal year 2026 work, work the plan. The fact that we landed on this work plan allows us to move forward. Um, and so we don't have to wait necessarily until fiscal uh, 26 to start the design um, that will go ahead and move forward with it. So that's a great step in the right direction. And Mayor D.C. Reeves says they'll be seeking reimbursement since they have no plans to wait that long. He's expecting to begin soliciting bids for the design of the new terminal as soon as this spring. There's new item of interest in the Gabby Petito murder case. We get more from Steve Greenfield. A letter written by Brian Laundrie's mother mentions obtaining a shovel and burying a body. Brian is responsible for the one-time Long Island resident's demise and later committed suicide. In response to the note brought up in Sarasota County, Florida court, the Laundrie family attorney, speaking virtually, indicated that the letter has no date and downplayed its relevance. The Petito family is suing the Laundries for emotional distress, with the trial expected to begin in August. Steve Greenfield, NBC News Radio. And Senator Marco Rubio might have a key Democratic ally in his effort to ban TikTok. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said over the weekend lawmakers should consider banning the social media app. Senator Rubio has proposed a ban through his anti-social CCP act. He sent Schumer a letter yesterday asking him to bring that, uh, that bill to a vote without delay. Rubio writes that TikTok may look like a video sharing app, but says it could be a Trojan horse. The tracks monitor and collects information on Americans. 635 News Radio 92.3. Candy's got a look at our traffic on the fives. That's right. And taking a look around, uh, good news is we're not showing anything that's going to slow you down. Accident in Cantonment, 95A and Williams Ditch Road. Accident, but no roadblock this morning. Uh, use caution wherever you are. If you have traffic tips, you can text them in 437-1620. News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Cloudy skies today with a high near 75 degrees, 10% chance of a stray shower. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 67. For Thursday, showers and thunderstorms are expected to move in, 70% chance of rain, especially in the evening and overnight hours. High Thursday, 76 degrees, overnight temperatures dropping near 47. For Friday, temperatures dropping near 57 degrees for your high and overnight lows near 37 degrees. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now, 67. It's partly cloudy in Pensacola. 67 in Gulf Breeze as well, and 63 in Milton. Our next news at 7, breaking news anytime. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Jennifer Koshinko with your money now. Although a range of companies advertise their products during the Super Bowl, a common theme ran through many of the spots, nostalgia. Many of this year's ads played it safe, tapping cultural references from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Tennis champion Serena Williams starred in a Michelob Ultra ad that drew on the classic comedy Caddyshack, while John Travolta, who starred in Greece more than 40 years ago, crooned the musical's hit Summer Nights on behalf of T-Mobile. Marketing experts say most of the ad stuck with light-hearted themes as a safe approach given all the challenges facing the country. Amazon is slowly dismantling the old version of Zappos. Zappos laid off more than 300 employees last month or about 20 percent to the Las Vegas-based company's workforce. The Zappos cuts came as part of broader layoffs at Amazon that are expected to eliminate more than 18,000 employees. On Wall Street, futures mixed after stocks closed mixed on Friday. The Dow Industrials gained 169. That's your money now. It's time to think about your tax refund. And Jackson Hewitt wants you to think biggest. 
As in, we guarantee you'll get your biggest refund or your money back plus $100. Who offers that? Come to think of it, nobody. It's one of the biggest guarantees out there and why you can't just file with anybody. For your guaranteed biggest refund, go to Jackson Hewitt today. Your wallet will thank you. When every dollar matters, it matters who does your taxes. What's for dinner? Burgers? After last week, no thanks. Avoiding foods due to fear of diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools? It may not be just stomach issues. It could be EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. EPI can cause uncomfortable symptoms because it's a condition where the pancreas doesn't release enough digestive enzymes to break down food. But EPI can be managed. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor about your symptoms. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by Abby. Hi, I'm Billy Anderson with Anderson Subaru in Pensacola. If you're driven by an adventurous heart, you're in luck because the redesigned 2023 Subaru Outback shares your spirit. The Outback can take you as far as you want to explore with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive. And Subaru's estimated highway fuel economy for non-turbo 2023 Outback models is up to 32 miles per gallon. And comparing information from competitors' website, the Outback has more ground clearance than Honda CRV or Toyota RAV4. So you can take on the path less traveled with ease. And when Experian Automotive studied vehicles in operation versus total new registrations, they found that 97% of Outback vehicles sold in the last 10 years are still on the road today, which means you can explore your world with confidence. The 2023 Subaru Outback. Go where love takes you. Anderson Subaru, Highway 29, just north of Car City, Pensacola, online at andersonsubaru.com. Anderson's got a Subaru for you. Actual mileage may vary. Clearance comparisons as of June 2022. Experian data for model years 2012 to 2021 as of December 2022. As a small business owner, what keeps you up at night? Just knowing if your email got hacked or your phone system went down, it could cost you thousands in revenue as well as your reputation. That's where Data Revolution comes in with their unique position to take care of you and your business IT support, phone systems, cybersecurity, and more. Secure it and sleep better at night by going to datarevs.com. Winner of the 2021 Best of the Bay for IT support. Datarevs.com. News Radio 92.3. Now it's time to play Which Host Did This? Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, or Bobby Rossi? This host was born in Michigan. Who is it? Time's up. The correct answer is Andrew McKay. Get to know our local hosts by listening to News Radio 92.3. 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Today's my one year anniversary and I think we've come a really long way and how very cool that one year to the day we're putting $5 million out into the community for out-of-school time programs. I could not be happier. Now, that is the voice of Tammy Greer. She is the executive director of the Escambia Children's Trust. They had a meeting yesterday in which, as she said, one year to the date of her starting at her job on Valentine's Day 2022, 
2023, they approved $5 million worth of grants for uh, about a dozen different organizations here locally that are going to help with early childhood education. Remember, the point of the tax that funds the Escambia Children's Trust is to provide for remedying the problems, gaps, inadequacies of students arriving at, for example, kindergarten unprepared and having challenges throughout their early childhood career because the theory is if we can do better at serving those kids and get them up to speed, they will become better citizens and also they won't fall into the problems of poverty and or crime that so often happen to people who fail or don't do well in the academic environment. Joining us now, we have Tammy Greer. Uh, Tammy, welcome to the Pensacola Morning News. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Great to have you. So um, I I wanted to take a few minutes and just kind of, you know, Yesterday, your board spent about, or, you know, agreed to spend about five million dollars on some local agencies doing work to help kids that they wouldn't otherwise be able to help. And I wanted to give you a chance to tell the taxpayer listeners, you know, what their money is going to do. Um, and I figured the best way to do that, I'll just, I'll let you give them an overview from your perspective. What was accomplished yesterday, and what's going to be the result of the money? Oh, thank you. Well, what they approved yesterday after a. a a lot of vetting of these proposals were 19 organizations, local organizations, to serve approximately 5,000 children. Uh, and these programs will be at no cost to the parents of these children to engage them in after school and summer camp activities so that these children have something productive to do when they're not in the school day. So Everything from tutoring to sports to social and emotional development. Uh, There's everything from grief counseling to literacy. So they really run the gamut of services for children. And what we're looking at with these, the reason that out-of-school time programs are so important is because kids can do one of two things after the school day ends, and for most of whom they don't have parents at home because the parents are working. They can either engage in risky behaviors, which you know could be as awful as experimenting with drugs or ending up in teen pregnancies, or they could engage in positive activities that reinforce the work that's done during the school day. So this was really important for us and the reason we started to focus on the out-of-school time programming as one of the first things out of the gate with this funding is because you can accomplish so much with this kind of programming and it touches all ages k through 12 or pre-k through 12 actually so we really wanted to start there and we may not see the results immediately. That's something that, that I really hope the, the public understands. It takes a minute to get these programs up and running and to hire staff, which I alluded to that a little bit yesterday. Uh, you know, They're going to have to hire staff, get the staff trained. So we're really looking at multi-year grants. We're hoping to have these, these in place for at least three years so that we have time to see some of the impacts of them. And what you see when you have high quality out of school time programming is a a reduction in youth violence, which I think is on all of our minds right now if you've been, you know, paying attention. Um, and it really also helps with improving academic outcomes. But again, we won't it's not like it's it's just a, a magic wand and you don't see that overnight. But it's certainly something that that research has shown 
will happen over time. So we wanted to get that started as one of the first things that, that we did. Very, and, and I just, I want to make sure I heard you right. You said it's about 5,000 additional children that the funding is expected yes. to help. Is that right? Okay. So we're talking in the first yes, year. And as you said, each of these is a three-year plan and the funding sort of increases as time goes on, which is understandable because you have to, you know, you have to create and hire and do all the things. And so it's going to be able to do more as time goes on. But that's at a price tag of about $1,000 a child in the first year, which compared to the cost of school, about $8,000 uh, per child, $7,000 per child, something like that is, you know, it's, it's within the ballpark. And since we're targeting, you know, children who are particularly at risk, that price tag makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, hang on for just a second, Tammy. I'll need to get a real quick traffic on the files. We're talking to Tammy Greer, the executive director of the Escambia Children's Trust. Uh, Candy? All right. And just watching one accident in Cantonman. It's 95A in Williams Ditch Road. Doesn't look like it's going to stop anything, though. It looks like it has been moved off to the side. So this is brought to you by Jackson Hewitt. And Jackson Hewitt, uh, everybody knows that time is money. Go to Jackson Hewitt today for up to $3,500 with no interest, no fee, tax refund, advance loan for eligible clients. Loans by Republic Bank and Trust Company. Details at jacksonhewitt.com. Traffic tips, text 437-1620, News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Uh, back to Tammy Greer from the Escambia Children's Trust. One of the I think concerns um, that people have raised, and I, I mean, I share the same concern, is how do we know or how are we going to be able to tell that when we're giving money to the YMCA, for example, or the city of Pensacola Parks and Recs or some of these other organizations, how are we going to know for sure at the end of a year that we really have helped an additional 5,000 kids as opposed to kind of doing what has always been done and just providing funding to programs that already exist? Well, the, the real work of the trust starts now because, first of all, we have to put all of their anticipated outcomes and performance measures into their contracts. So their funding will be tied to their performance. Uh, we are, we're not a, a local foundation, as you all have probably heard me say a thousand times. Right. We're, we're a special district of government and these are taxpayer dollars. So the expectation for accountability is, is much greater. So... We're going to monitor them all the way through the process to track their performance to make sure that they're serving the right kids and, and with fidelity to their scope of work. And we're going to – it won't be that we just check in and get a report at the end of the year, hey, what happened? It's, we're going to be working with them hand in glove all the way through. And this is with all 19 agencies and with everybody that we fund moving forward. And so there's going to be monitoring, meaning we're going to go out and actually put eyes on their their books uh, to to look at the accounting. We're going to make sure that they have all of the data that they're supposed to be collecting for each of the children in their program. We're going to need assurances that it's not duplicated children that they should be serving with other funding because we are prohibited by statute to supplant funding, right. which means we can't replace what's already there. This is supposed to be new and additional services. So we're really going to be strict about that. Um, we're also at the same time trying to keep our costs very low because we, we don't want to take advantage of taxpayer money. And so we're trying to keep our staff as slim as we can, but it is going to take a lot of work to ensure this accountability. So okay. we're, uh, we're, we're trying to balance that. The, <laughs> but, the other yes, question I have, and, and, and this, yeah. And the other question I have, which was kind of, you inspired this question yesterday um, is 
we really have a labor shortage, right? If we have 5,000 students yeah. that we're trying to supply, it's one thing to provide money. It's one thing to identify the students. Uh, mm-hmm. But then you've got, you know, physical things that need to be done. And that's what the money is going to take care of in some cases. But then you've got to find the people. And that's a lot of people to find who are capable, yeah. willing, available and qualified, essentially, to do this kind of work. That's a real challenge. How will that be solved? <laughs> Well, if I if I if I knew the answer to that, I'd be a national hero right now <laughs> because we're feeling it with with K through twelve teachers, with yeah. childhood educators, youth development, nurses. You know, I don't think there's any sector that's not feeling the pinch right now. Uh, I think it really goes down to uh, good recruitment strategies among the providers. Uh, to try to find the right people. And then, of course, you have to have decent benefits because people really value that now. And you have to you have to pay them fairly. So those kinds of things we can't necessarily control, but we can make sure that they have sufficient funding in their budget to be able to attract and retain the individuals doing the work. Because it's, it's hard work. It's not babysitting. It's, right. it's youth development. And so... Uh, and we also have professional development built in, and that's something that we're we're going to work on. We're planning to host a children's summit, uh, which will basically be some of that professional development that we're looking to bring to to the community uh, for these these folks who will be working with the children. And so uh, so basically helping them with recruitment and retention and professional development. Well, I that's that's the piece that I'm really, you know, I, I can kind of in my brain, I can believe every other part of this. That's the one that I'm like, I really hope that works because that's going to be the big challenge, as you I indicated do. yesterday. And, you know, even kind of your reaction to the question is, yeah, well, that's the ch- one thing I did get a suggestion from somebody. I don't know to what degree you might be able to implement it. But um, I know that, for example, there's a lot of homeschool parents in our area, people who, mm-hmm. you know, they may not have uh, credentials, but they certainly have skills, you know, and, and they're not in the mm-hmm. traditional education system and that may be a resource uh, to the degree that they might be willing or, or, or available that might be a slice of the community that might not otherwise make it onto the radar or trying to recruit uh, for some of these things might not be full-time recruiting but you know might be you know people who can you know do 10 hours or five hours a week or something like that well I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens I I'm Part of me is very concerned that it's not going to work the way it should. And there's a part of me that's super optimistic that we can finally make a big difference. So <laughs> it's I mean, it's a big task. And I hope we'll we'll check back in with you, Tammy, throughout the year and uh, in subsequent times as we yeah. kind of get better indicators of how it's going. Um, Tammy Greer is the Escambia Children's Trust Executive Director. Congratulations on your one year anniversary. And uh, we look forward to very good things. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much, and please do stay in touch. Absolutely. 651 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. Every Volkswagen has style and performance, but there's something else that comes with new VWs from Peak More Imports, and it's called Carefree Coverage. VW Carefree Coverage is standard on VW crossovers and SUVs and includes the first two years of manufacturer maintenance intervals for two years or 20,000 miles, whichever occurs first, and it's free. So with the 2023 Taos S starting from 25641, you're covered with carefree maintenance. The Tiguan S from 28227, it's covered with carefree maintenance. 
units and the seven-passenger Atlas SE with technology from 42632. It's covered with VW Carefree Maintenance. Plus, all of these models are available for 3.9% financing. So go carefree with Carefree Maintenance on your next crossover or SUV from Pete Moore Imports. They're not in Car City, so you won't pay Car City prices. Pete Moore Imports, New Warrington Road, Pensacola. Prices before tax, tax title, and associated dealer fees. Special financing rate for qualifying credit through BCI. See dealer for details. Hey, if you are thinking about selling your home, you really need to think about who you're going to have do it, right? Because the difference in having a great realtor and just an okay realtor can make a big difference to your pocketbook, right? And you want to make sure you protect your equity, provide for your family, get the best price you can. Look, we had a hot market. In a hot market, it's helpful to have a good agent and uh, not as hot market. It's essential <laughs> to have a good agent because uh, Christina Leavenworth is going to you know, get you the best price, stage it right, use the social media, set up the you know, open houses. Just the stuff that she and her team at Levin Rinky Realty do is unique and uniquely effective. I know. I trust her. I've seen the results in all the homes that they have sold. In fact, she guarantees that she can sell your home in 30 days uh, because if she doesn't, she won't charge you anything. And she can do that because you're not that's not going to happen <laughs> like they will definitely get the home sold in 30 days and it'll be a great price uh, she's got loads of people that are sort of waiting to buy because she's done a really good job of networking and building that client list but also if you're eager like you need to sell right away she does have a list of investors who will pay cash and obviously that can take place a lot more quickly so you just really have nothing to lose uh Christina Leavenworth, just call her and find out, hey, what can you do for me? Andrew's always raving about you. What can you and your team do for me? 723-9158. That's 723-9158. In a world of payroll and HR services, things can get complicated. There are so many moving parts in business. At Avalon HR, we understand, and we have your back. Join us on the Pensacola Expert Panel as we guide you through the complicated world of payroll and HR services. Running a business is busy work. Allow Avalon HR to work with you. Join us today on the Pensacola Expert Panel at 10. The Pensacola Expert Panel 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 923 AM 1620. Serving overseas was just the beginning. We might be home from war, but our mission continues in communities all across the country. It's why we're out there in times of peace and crisis, providing meals to the hungry and supplies to the sick. It's why we're giving strength to those who are too weak and bringing resources to those without them. Service doesn't stop when we're done serving. It's what makes us the VFW. Learn more at VFW.org. Tune in to News Radio Pensacola on the FM dial at 92.3 and 95.3. Listen on the AM dial at 1620. gallon of gas is 341 florida average is 336 texas is above three bucks now at three even three and oh seven tenths uh california is 465 if you are in navarre this morning 322 east and west of the walmarts 323 foot of the garcon point bridge 329 at the exxon and gulf breeze 317 at the raceway in milton before you get to avalon same at the p ridge murphy 319 through pace getting on to nine mile in pensacola the uh walmart there and nine mile has 307 same at the murphy in front of the walmart on us 29 
Uh, and coming in from the southwest side, uh, 317 at the Tom Thumb at Garden and Pace, or go up the street a little bit to the Shell is uh, 315. 656 here on News Radio 92. Through before we go to the newsroom, let's get candy in here with traffic for you. All right, and taking a look. Uh, good news is we're just seeing that one accident in uh, Cantonment. That's good news, but it's <laughs> that's the only one we're seeing right now, which is good. 95A and Williams Ditch Road, but again, it has been moved off to the side. 98, flowing accident free. No problems on Garson Point Bridge. Of course, Three Mile Bridge flowing great in both directions. Watch out for speeders. <laughs> I should say, watch out for cops. If you are speeding, make sure you're going the speed limit. Warrington and Chiefs Way is the only way onto the base this morning. It looks like uh, somebody texted in uh, the back gate is closed at Corey, so traffic is rerouting to that front gate. Backed up on Warrington, several blogs turning traffic uh, is uh, stuck in the median, so... Take a chill pill because you're stuck. And I'm quoting this. <laughs> I know, that's so, right. That's isn't that right. great? 437-1620. You can text if you see that accident or slow down. News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Now, yep. David Wayne's in the newsroom with that. David. David. Ow. Well, <laughs> sorry. No, dude, I know. That. <laughs> my fault. The uh, Biden administration announcing new steps to expand the country's electric vehicle infrastructure. One of those steps announced uh, yesterday was a new partnership with Tesla, the electric vehicle powerhouse now planning to open part of its charging network to electric vehicles other than Tesla's for the first time and a man in England facing prison time for stealing nearly 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs. Police in, uh, police in West Mercia discovered the theft last Saturday. They say Poole used a stolen truck with fake plates to steal a trailer loaded with $37,000 worth of chocolate eggs and other chocolate goodies. Uh, the justice system in England is swift when it comes to chocolate thefts. Poole has already pleaded guilty, could be looking at two years in prison. Yeah, they probably got some help across the pond from a good detective like Axel Foley to solve that case. Yes. So, <laughs> David, thanks so much Banana for the update. The tail yeah. <laughs> wow. All right, Candy, time for... Future News. All right, let's start with the hard one first. We tell you what's going to happen before it happens. The Escambia Children's Trust, okay? We just heard about 5,000 students is what they're looking to help. Um, Will they be successful in all the things that need to go into making help that many kids? Absolutely. So here's my take. I don't, I think that would be optimistic and certainly we want to be optimistic, but um, if it's even 2,500 kids... That's a major difference in our in you know, our local community. If it's even half, I was going to say if it's a hundred kids, huge it's a huge difference. You know? Absolutely. Um, graffiti Bridge. The mayor says we're going to turn it into a no truck route down 17th Avenue, which will be official is the goal, and then maybe some additional uh, measures to maybe physically do something or other. Will a year from now, will the graffiti bridge roof shearing? challenge be over with on TikTok. Yes! I, 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 if you call it the can opener, then people will stop <laughs> driving underneath it. If you have a big truck, I've done I it. I just think about I've how awful it, it is for it. these people and all the money that it costs them and the incon- and just all of it. So um, I'm going to be super optimistic and I'm going to say yes. There you are. Inside a year. You're listening to News Radio 92.3 WNRP Golf Breeze Milton Pensacola. A woman charged in a fatal crash last year denied bond also. PPD still searching for an armed robbery suspect. Those stories more after Fox News.